Thank you for joining me for our worship service today. Today is the first Sunday after Christmas. Our order of service begins in the bulletin. We're going to start right now with hymn number 333, O Little Town of Bethlehem. It's hymn 65 in the Red Book. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered all above. While mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch of wandering love. O morning stars together proclaim the holy birth, and praises sing to God the King, and peace to all the earth. How silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given, so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. We worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful. I have disobeyed you and justly deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done. And for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. I now ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying yes. 
Upon this confession, I as a called servant of the word announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading today is from Isaiah chapter 45, verses 20 to 25. In this reading, we hear the Lord issuing his gospel call, encouraging us to turn to him and believe. And of course, when he issues that gospel call, that gospel has the power in it to turn people's hearts. The Lord said, Gather together and come. Assemble, you fugitives from the nations. Ignorant are those who carry about idols of wood, who pray to gods that cannot save. Declare what is to be presented. Let them take counsel together. Who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from dis the distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow, by me every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are righteousness and strength. All who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But in the Lord all the descendants of Israel will be found righteous and will exalt. Alleluia. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Our gospel reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 40. This is the account of Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to the temple and seeing two older believers, Simeon and Anna. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom, what what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of 
many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. We'll sing our next hymn, hymn number 366. Hymn number 366, O Rejoice All Christians Loudly, it's hymn 45 in the red. Oh, rejoice all Christians loudly, for our joy has now begun. Wondrous things our God has done. Tell abroad his goodness proudly, who our race has honored thus, that he has befriended us. Joy, oh joy, beyond all gladness, Christ has done away with sadness, hence all sorrow and repining, for the sun of grace is shining. See, my soul, your Savior chooses, poverty and weakness too. In such love he comes to you. Neither crib nor cross refuses, all he suffers for your good to redeem you by his blood. Joy, O oh joy, beyond all gladness, Christ has done away with sadness, hence all sorrow and repining, for the sun of grace is shining. Lord, how shall I thank you rightly? I am saved eternally by your life and death for me. Let me not forget it lightly, but with all my heart believe that from you I shall receive. Joy, O oh joy, beyond all gladness, Christ has done away with sadness, hence all sorrow and repining, for the sun of grace is shining. Jesus, guard and guide your members, fill them with your boundless grace, hear their prayers in every place. Fan to life faith's glowing embers, grant all Christians far and near, holy peace a glad new year. Joy, O oh joy, beyond all gladness, 
Christ has done away with sadness, hence all sorrow and repining, for the sun of grace is shining. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is our epistle reading from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17, where the Apostle Paul was inspired to write, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow worshipers of the baby born in Bethlehem, back at the end of the 19th century, there was an Indian preacher who was dismissed from his congregation because of some minor offense. But anyway, as a result of that, the preacher was kind of ashamed and, and he knew he'd never be able to preach again. So what he did is he went off to some far distant non-Christian area as far as he could tell, and he settled there. He settled there and he became a potter, made his living that way. But then while he was there for a number of years, he ended up dying. And after some time, what happened is that the Indians' former church decided that they wanted to send an evangelical team out there to the area where that former preacher had lived. And so what they did is they rented a house and they started telling the people stories about Jesus the Savior. And interesting thing that happened is that when they were telling those stories about Jesus the Savior, the villagers exclaimed, we know the man you are talking about. He lived here for years. And the preacher in the group, he said, no, you don't understand. We're talking about Jesus Christ. And the people responded, well, he never told us his name, but the man you described was our potter without a doubt. This man may have had to leave the ministry, but it appears that he was a repentant 
sinner. And in his repentance, he did strive to live as the believing child of God that apparently he was. He clearly lived that kind of life. He was following the Apostle Paul's advice directive in our reading when he said, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Or we could say he was clothing himself in Christ so that when people would see his life and his deeds, what they were seeing is Christ. They were seeing Christ. Obviously, he didn't and couldn't die on the cross and pay for anybody's sins, but he was a living, believing child of God. And it showed this first Sunday after Christmas, the Apostle Paul is likewise giving us the encouragement to clothe yourselves in Christ. And when he says, clothe yourself in Christ, our lives can be clothed in Christ when we imitate his holy qualities, when we seek his spiritual gifts, and when we offer our life to him or offer ourselves, offer him a praise-filled, thankful life. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Colossian congregation while Paul was in his first imprisonment in Rome. Epaphras, a young pastor who had been converted to Christianity through the Apostle Paul, through his preaching and teaching, he served the Colossian congregation which was a troubled congregation. In Colossae, there were these, this Jewish element, and these people were saying that in order to be sure of heaven, what you needed to do is you need to keep all of those Old Testament rules and regulations and ceremonial laws. That was a condition of salvation, according to them. They were also plagued by this element from Greek society, which wanted them to believe that they knew a better way than Christianity on supposedly getting into heaven than in following Christ the Savior. So Paul wrote to the Colossians and basically he was saying to them over and over again, all you need is Christ. All you need is Christ. Clothe yourself in Christ. Well, Paul said, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Those Colossian Christians, and, well, we Christians today are God's chosen people, and what that means is that We've been called out of the unbelieving world and, and into God's believing family. And because we've been called into God's believing family, we're holy. Our sins have all been washed away by the blood of Christ. And we have Christ's holiness, righteousness credited to us. And obviously, when you think about all that God has done for us, 
We're dearly loved by our God. Just think of everything that he's done for us and that great love he has for us. Dearly loved. That love of God therefore motivates us to clothe ourselves in Christ by exhibiting in our lives Christ's qualities compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and that would be in our life. We want to clothe ourselves with those qualities. Well, compassion, that gets us maybe to think about the Good Samaritan. You remember when he, in the parable, saw that Jewish man who, who was beaten and robbed and left to die, he had compassion on that man and had to do something to help. And, well, when you think about it, that's just exactly the attitude of Jesus, our Savior, who, who looked at the crowds and saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd's, and it this compassion idea, it's one that sees the hurt in other people and then it is moved to do something about it. Kindness? Well, that's the goodness that's found in God that's demonstrated in his saving acts of sending Jesus to be our Savior. It's also demonstrated by us when we would forgive one another, when we would show that love of God to others and Humility, that's a quality exhibited by the, the tax collector who said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He bowed head, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And humility is the attitude especially that we see in Jesus our Savior. As he humbled himself, going to the cross to suffer and die for us and pay for our sins. And then gentleness, that's a characteristic of Jesus that move people to not shy away from him, but want to look to him and hear what he had to say. And, and that gentleness is something we want to exhibit toward others so that we wouldn't push them away from the gospel. And patience, that's what makes us willing to keep on dealing with people for the sake of their eternal souls, just as our Lord continues to patiently deal with us. Wearing the clothing of these Christian virtues then, we can follow Paul's advice when he says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. And to forgive as the Lord forgave you, to bear with one another and forgive means that we're always looking for ways to share God's gracious forgiveness with others just as God keeps on graciously forgiving us. We'll want to forgive when we're sinned against. We'll want to do everything we can to make sure people know about the forgiveness we have in Jesus. And we'll want to do that because we know we're sinners who are no better than anyone else in the world and, and we want everyone else to enjoy the forgiveness that we, by the grace of God, enjoy, that we already have. But 
as we bear with each other, as Paul says here. Let's remember Paul's warning to the Galatian Christians. He said, but watch yourself or you also may be tempted. As we patiently deal with others and forgive them, we need to keep ourselves away from sin and false doctrine that, that could lead us astray. Paul said, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. God's love for us, that's what makes us absolutely complete and whole. His love motivates us to, to love him and his word first in our lives. And then on the basis of that love for God and his word, we'll want to show Christian love to one another and reach out to the world with that Christian love. In a New York cemetery, there is a grave headstone that has but one word engraved on it, and that's the word forgiven. And I've referred to this before. There is no name, no date of birth, no date of death on the headstone, the gravestone. And really, there's no greater word that could possibly be written on anyone's tombstone when you get right down to it, on your final resting place. But, you know, to add to that word forgiven, forgiven, we could perhaps add the word forgiving, forgiving, because then we are showing that we're clothed with Christ and, and Christ's clothing is motivating us to also share the forgiveness that we've enjoyed. Paul said, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. This peace is a wonderful spiritual gift from God. We live in a world that is so unsettled with so many problems and troubles and temptations and with all of the pressures and stresses that we face in this life, it, life, it can almost make us feel as if we're not at peace with God. But when we remember that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins and that, that we are heirs of eternal life in heaven, then life's problems and troubles and temptations don't end up having to consume us because we know that we will be delivered from those problems and troubles and temptations. And see, isn't it wonderful to be able to say there is absolutely no problem in this life that can follow us into eternal life in heaven? Doesn't that fact motivate us then to always be thankful to God, always thankful to God because of the great things he does for us? And how do we get this kind of a peaceful and thankful attitude in our lives? Well, Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Through God's word, and remember, that's the only way that it really comes to us, 
through God's word, through the sacraments, that's how we get God's grace and mercy and the peaceful and thankful attitude that God wants us to have. So let's seek those spiritual gifts of a peaceful and a thankful attitude by getting a good and regular diet from God's word. Paul said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. When we're filled with God's word and his grace and mercy, then what we'll want to do is offer God a praise-filled and thankful life, which will be evident as we teach others about the grace and love of God. And as we admonish one another, as we work together with our fellow Christians to fight against the sin that's in our lives, and as we thank and praise God in our worship lives and, and throughout our lives. Paul said, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything about us that touches the lives of others is to be done, he says, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because living our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus, living our lives for Christ, that's really the best thanks that we can offer to our God. We can't pay him for what he's done for us. We can't say thank you. And we'll want our lives to be saying thank you. And with our thank yous, what we're also doing is telling the people around us of the great love that we've received from our God so that hopefully they can experience that love too. There's an old legend that I've told you about before that, that tells of two angels that are sent to earth each day with a basket. And what their job is is to Oh, the one is to gather the prayers of people and the other is to gather up the thanksgiving of people. That's their regular job. And what happens is that those two angels regularly would grieve because the one that brought the prayers of people back to God, that basket was always full. But the one that offered thanksgiving to God for the prayers that were answered, that basket was often very empty, nearly empty. But see, now that doesn't have to be the case in our lives. When with God's help, we strive to do everything in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus, when we always remember and cherish how much God has done for us in this life with his life and death and resurrection and what he still keeps on doing for us. When we remember what he does for us, how he's always watching out for us, how he's always with us, how he's always helping us, 
that's going to motivate us to just heap upon our God as many thanksgivings as we possibly can. Years ago, in the Alleghenies, there was a large eagle that was shot down by a hunter. When he examined the bird, he was kind of amazed because he found that one of the eagle's claws had this strong steel trap clinging onto it. And from that strong steel trap, there was a five-foot chain. That trap and the chain wasn't heavy enough to keep the bird from flying, but the additional weight did load him down so that he couldn't fly in the heights and escape the shot of the hunter, and so he was taken down. And now if you think about this story, for us as Christians, we Christians could be pulled down and brought low spiritually by the trials and troubles and temptations of this life, of this world. But when we clothe ourselves in Christ, when with God's help we imitate Christ's holy qualities, when we seek his spiritual gifts, and when we offer him a praise-filled, thankful life, then the fact of the matter is, is that nothing's really going to be able to pull us down like that trap and chain pulled that bird down. We'll be able to soar like an eagle up in the sky. We'll be safe and secure. So let's clothe ourselves in Christ. Let's stay as close to our Savior and his word as we possibly can in 2024 and, and always because then nothing can pull us down. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and then nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Christmas Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, who sent his Son to be my Savior. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, my Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshiped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit who brought me to faith in my Savior, and by whose continuous work in my heart I rejoice in my salvation, show forth his praises, and will one day live and reign with him in all eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, in mercy, you sent your one and only Son to take upon himself our human nature. By his gracious coming, deliver us from the corruption of our sin and transform us into the likeness of your glory. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Lord God, as we're about to end a year in 2023 and, and begin a new year, we ask you please to be with us so that we close this year in your name and, and open the new year in your name and continue on throughout the year living in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to clothe ourselves with Christ, in Christ, so that your love, your grace and love and your forgiveness and your righteousness is, is so evident in our lives that, that you're able to use us as witnesses to the world of your amazing grace and love. Lord God, all those who are dealing with aches and pains and trials and troubles, Lord God, be with them if it's your will, grant them healing, but especially keep on clothing them and all of us with your grace and mercy and love. And we gather up all other prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America. Land that I love, stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America my home, sweet home. Again, I'd say thank you for joining me for worship today. And, well, this year we're doing something different because, because of the services this morning, we decided not to have a New Year's Eve service this evening. I heard a lot of people come clamoring for a service tonight. We put one together for you real quick if you want one. Um, in the congregation this week, today, Sunday is Brett Cole's birthday, Wednesday, Elizabeth Webb's birthday. Saturday is Epiphany Day as, you, as we think of the worship of the wise men, of the infant Jesus. We'll be celebrating Epiphany Sunday, next Sunday. Please keep all of the people in our congregation who have their aches and pains and trials and troubles in your prayers, especially remember travelers right now, maybe especially keep in your prayers 
Tony Alfaro, others have their trials and troubles as well. Tony struggling a bit at the present time. But anyway, those are our messages for right now. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The Lord bless and keep you always.